You know, I want to continue on in our series uh, as we're walking through Colossians and um, just just keeping uh, on this. And uh, I said last week, I, I talked about the importance of feeding on the Word. I think that's incredibly uh, important. And I, I said this, the Bible is one of those books that is often revered, but not read. It's revered, but it's not read. People don't uh, read it. I, I remember an occasion when I was living in India, and uh, we, we were doing Evangelism 101 as well, and we had to go to villages every evening. It was stinking hot. It was about 40 degrees. And, and, but in the evening when the sun went down, when the sun went down, we'd go to the places and reach out for Jesus. And so we had this tribal group of people who was living on top of a hill. And so uh, uh, we went as a team and we went, and it was my job to speak uh, that night to these uh, uh, tribal people. And so we went up through the jungle and out on this clearing, there were all these huts of this nomadic tribal uh, group of people who were, who were living there. And so we came, and that's what happens. They probably, there wasn't very many white people in Kapoli, so they were like, oh, strange. It's like one of those documentaries, you know? So it's like, oh, strange white man come here. They weren't, uh, they were Indian Indians, not Indian Indians, uh, you know, but different, but it sort of was like that type of thing. So we, we went up there, and, and we're standing there, and I pulled out, I had my little pocket Bible, my little Gideon's Bible, and uh, these days you'd probably pull out your iPhone, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I had my little Gideon's Bible, and I said, I want to talk to you from the Word of God today. And then I could hear all this, I was like, what's going on? Is they getting aggravated that I'm uh, doing this? And the, 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 you know, the chief and all that type of thing were all speaking and uh, talking. And, and I said to Anita, because she speaks. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Neil. Well done. That's Neil doing tribal for you. But I said to Anita, what are they saying? And she said, uh, she said this, because actually we weren't married at that time. We had a bit of a thing going. Well, we're married, aren't we? Hallelujah. That's what she said. Everybody else knew different. But anyway, we were on the thing, and they're like, and then when I found out what it was, what were they saying? The tribal leaders said, that is not the Bible. The Bible is this big. So they revered the Bible, but they didn't understand how could the Bible be in a little book like this. They revered the Bible, they understood about it, but they hadn't read it or understand it. And many of us as Christians can be like that. We revere the Bible, but we don't understand, if you like, how it all works. And yet it is very important as believers. We've got to know the devil doesn't care how much you revere the Bible as long as you don't read and feed from it. And see, Jesus said this in Matthew 4, verse 4. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, by his material possessions, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So it's important as believers that we understand what God's word means for us. See, we need to feed on the word because number one, it reminds us that there is a God in heaven who is ruling the affairs of our life. We live in a society that says there is no God. But we need to understand there is a God who is in charge of the circumstances and affairs of our life. We need to feed on the Word because, too, I need to be reminded of what is true. 
You and I need to be reminded of what is true. God's Word, what does it do? It gives us a dose of reality of what is right and wrong. What is good and bad. Someone said a Christian in this society is swimming upstream against a current. Without the constant nutrition of the Word, he will soon tire and be dragged away. We need to feed on the Word, three, because it reinforces our convictions. We must feed on the word as a soldier feeds on his rations on the front line to keep up his strength. A malnourished soldier is useless on the battlefield. And you need to understand today, if you don't already, that we are in a battle. We are certainly in a spiritual battle. I love what Vance Havner, the preacher, said. He said this, the Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Mm, I like that. I'm going to say again. The Bible, what's he saying? In other words, the Bible, that one that's been worked on, that one that's been underlined, that one where someone's pressed in and gone, what is this meaning? And it's fallen out and those pages are coming out. Because some of us, we just have pretty Bibles. They look good. They look nice. They all got gold edges. But friends, I love what he says. He's saying that Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Because they've allowed the Word of God to get into their, into their lives and into their hearts. So what and how, if that's what we're to do, how do we do that? How do we get His Word into our lives? Because often we know what we should do, but we don't know how to do it. We, we don't know how, how, how do we do that. And so I want to help you today, uh, and I want to give you some some tools. So it's a bit of a practical, practical lesson today. And uh, I want to give you some tools that I think will help you for the job. And so I've titled this sermon, and I'm quite pleased with this title because I made it up myself. I've entitled it, Study the Bible, Haven't Got a Clue. Tell me, preacher, what to do. Don't you think that's good? Come on, somebody. That's that's pretty good. Bible study, haven't got a clue. Tell me, preacher, what to do. I'm going to tell you. Turn to the person next to you and say, he's going to tell us. I'm going to tell you. Because it's very important because I want us to be self-feeders. You know, when my children were born, I, I, I fed them mm, yeah, like this or, uh, I, or Anita did. I was like watching on, making sure it was all okay. <laughs> but we'd feed them. But you only do that as you're beginning in life. You want your children to become self-feeders. If Reuben, now at 18 years old, is still saying, Daddy, 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 I said, stop it. You want him to be a self-feeder. And we, want to, we need to learn how to do it. So I ain't feeding you from tomorrow, boy. No, no. Well, again, too, I'd be, actually, if I had it, I'd give you a certificate because he's passed his Bible college, which is pretty awesome. Give it up for my son right there. He's done that. How do we do that? See, here's the reality. We've we've got to understand, if the Bible is to get into us, if the Bible is to get into us, we need to get into the Bible. We need to get into it. We need to learn how to understand it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 says, study. Everybody say study. Study Study to show yourself somebody else. Study to show yourself. Yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In another version, it says, do your best. Are you doing your best when it comes to studying his word? 
Because that's the thing. As amazing as my sermons are, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> be like you, what? But as amazing as you get, people can tell, oh, I love what Pastor Adam's doing. And yeah, you know, I think I do okay. And I, I think we've got some great preachers in the house. But if you're relying on my 30 minutes, which goes really quickly to, to, to help you survive during the week, I, I, I want to be just honest with you, it ain't going to do it. And what if I'm not here? We've got to learn how to feed ourselves. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. We need how to feed ourselves, how to learn, how to pull stuff out of the Word of God so it can touch and change our life. So I want to give you some tools that will help you do that so you can be a BSN. You say, Pastor, what's a BSN? A BSN is a Bible study ninja. I want you to teach it because we're talking about today Bible survival. Oh, Jesus. We want you to be able to survive in this walk that we're, we're on. So if we're looking at a BSN beginner's guide, what do we got to do? I want to say there are three skills, three skills that we need to learn when it comes to squeezing things from the Word. And we're only going to look at one of them today. But there are three skills that you should learn. And they are one, observation. Two, interpretation. And three, application. And so today we're only going to look at one. And that is observation. And observation, when we think, well, what do you mean when you say observation? Observation basically answers the question is what does the passage say? What is it saying? And can I say this? When you approach the Bible, you've got to understand this is not a Tom Clancy novel. Okay? This is not just some novel. This is a supernatural book. So I always want to say, when you, when you go to study this book, I, I always say, pray and study away. Yeah. Absolutely, some of you only got that just so you're getting it now. So I want you to pray and study away. Right. Understand that this is a supernatural, the Word of God is alive, it's active. Yeah. When I was going to India, I might have shared that uh, story, I don't know, but uh, when I was going to India, I, I was like, Lord, when do you want me to go? When do you want me to go? And, and um, I, I, I did one of those Bible flicks. Anybody done a Bible flick? You know, just, whoosh, just speak to me, Lord. And you flick it open, and you go, oh, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. No, and then you flick it open. No, but I, I did one of those Bible flicks, and, and I was praying, God, when do you want me to go? Do you want me to go now? And it, it was in, like in the middle of the year, or do you want me to go in, in, uh, at, at, towards the end of the year? And uh, God, just speak to me. And I flicked it, flicked it open, and it said this. It said this, your flight shall not take place in winter. So I thought, oh, man, there's nothing about airplanes in the Bible, but the airplanes weren't. But I, I just knew straight away God was saying, not to go now, you're to go in summer. And that's where I met my wife wow. as I went, and I was obedient to that. And you say, well, that's not in the Bible. That can't be in the, uh, in the Bible. It is so. It's in Matthew 24, 20. Check it out in your own time. It says that. And so God can speak. This is a supernatural Book. So I want to say always begin with prayer whenever you're looking at this book. And so as we come to observation, there are some, I guess, rules for observation that we should do. And so I guess the, the thing I want to do to help you remember this, the, these things that I'm talking about today is I, I'm, I'm going to say wah, and then I'm going to say everybody say wah, and you can go wah. Ready, Kay? I can say a wah, and everybody say I'll say it like a black man now. Come on. Everybody ready? One, two, three, and... Whoa. 
Whoa. So what, what am I trying to get you to remember? I'm trying to get you to remember the five W's and the H. The whoa of studying or observation. And what does that mean? The five uh, W's are and the H's who, what, when, where, why, and how. When you're looking at the word, always ask those questions. When you're trying to observe, what is it saying? Who, what, when, where, why, and how. And so when we think about who questions, when we think about who questions, when you, when you look at a, a book like Colossians, and I'm just using this as an example, you would say, who, who's speaking here? Who's speaking? We already know it's Paul and Timothy because we've already talked about it for the last couple of weeks. So you can ask questions like, who has been spoken to here? You can ask other questions like, whom has been spoken to? And we've already, of course, identified that Paul is speaking to the Colossian believers who live at Colossae. They, that's who he is speaking to. So you can ask the question, who is speaking and to whom is he speaking? Another question you might want to ask is, who are the characters? Who are the other characters in the book? Sometimes we can read it and we read funny names and this name and that name. And, and you don't even stop to think about who are those people. But by asking the who question, you can explore who are these people that this book speaks about. And so if you look at things like uh, Colossians, you'll see a guy named, I don't even know how to say some of these names, but in, in 1 verse 7, there's Ephraim, and 4 verse 7, there's Tychius, and then in 4 verse 10, it tells us that there was Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. And again, if you stop there and look at that, you can go, well, who? Who, who was Barnabas? I remember something being about him. And if you remember the story in Acts chapter 15, Paul and Barnabas had a big Barney. They had an argument. They were fighting. That's where we, I think we actually get that sort of uh, uh, saying from. They had a Barney. They had an argument. And who did they have an argument over? Mark. They had an argument. And the Bible tells us that it got so heated that, that, that Paul and, and Barnabas separated their ways. And the gospel spread out that way. And the gospel spread out that way. But see, what I like about it, and when I read that story, what can I learn from it is simply this. I just know that that was such a bad argument that they had in Acts chapter 15. But here they are 12 years later together. Here they are 12 years later and, Mark say, and Paul's saying Mark's a good guy. The reason they had the fight was because, because Paul was saying Mark's useless. He, he left us. He deserted us when we were trying to preach the gospel. He, he, he took off. But here he is 12 years later saying he's an, okay, he's an okay guy. What does that tell me? Friend, it tells me this. In church life, we'll have conflict sometimes. In church life, we're going to have difficulties sometimes. In church life, we're going to have... Sometimes people think, well, if I just go to church, I'll never have any problems. And everybody will just love everybody. And, and no, 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 no. As we say, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. You'll spoil it. Come on, come on. I'm preaching good. Because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And so in this, I can read this story about Paul and Barnabas and go, and go, wow, in conflicts, God can still be at work. And no matter who you might fight with or maybe who you have a disagreement with, you don't know after, after 10 years, God just brings that and heals those things. And it goes back to how it was. I can't tell you. I, I can actually count now a number of people who got upset with me. I don't know why. I'm such a nice guy. Thank you, thank you, Grace, one person in the auditorium. Uh, I, but I really am. I'm such a nice guy. But sometimes I've had to, to make leadership calls and tough decisions. I, I've got to tell things. People say, Pastor, you just tell me whatever you want to hear. And I, I believe them. I believe them. I think that's what they really want to do. And then I say it, and then they're not there next Sunday. 
Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I had just even recently someone knock on my door from 10 years ago. He said, I just want to come in and apologize for what I did all those years ago and doing the, uh, uh, the, that thing. And I made that decision. I made that choice. That's Paul and Barnabas. I, I, I would just come to used, used to that. But all of that can be learned by asking the who, uh, who question. So who is an important, important question? And then there's, then there's the what question. And there's the what question. What subjects are covered? What subjects, what people uh, uh, do we learn about when we, we're, we're looking at the book? What, what, what subjects, what's he talking about? And again, in any Bible, you, you can see they, they talk about, they subtitle it. If you've got any modern Bible, it will tell you, well, this chapter's talking about thanksgiving and prayer. This chapter's talking about the supremacy of Christ. This one's talking about Paul's labor for the church. But you, you can ask those sort of questions. What subjects are covered? What do we learn about the people or events? Well, we just learned that, that, that basically Mark is the cousin of Barnabas. We learn these things by asking these questions. Another thing you might ask is when you read the Word of God, what instructions are given? What instructions are given? Well, I know in chapter four, chapter four of Colossians, he gives the instruction, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So we can stop there and go right this. Do I devote myself to prayer? If that's an instruction that Paul has given me, do I stop? How is my prayer life? That's application now. What do I need to pick up? How do I need to step up? How do I need to grow up in my faith and learn about what Paul, Paul is saying? And another instruction, here's, here's, an, here's an instruction. Oh, Lord Jesus. Wives, submit to husbands. Okay, okay. Okay, husbands, love your wives, all the women said. About four of you. I said, husbands, love your wives, and all the women said. Okay, thank you. (laughs) But those are instructions. Those are things that he is asking us to do. We've got to look out when we're we're speaking those uh, things or when we're looking for those what questions, what instructions has he given? Another one here is, but now you must rid yourself. Here's the thing. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Mm -mm -mm. We can stop and talk about that one. I know nobody here, but in other churches, some people's language is filthy. But that's an instruction. Where we can pause and go, what is he trying to say? What is he telling us? to do and then do we want to do it do we want to live this this out because you see friends I don't want to just do nice little pep talks for us every week that make us feel like a butterfly that we can oh so good so good and Neil's like we don't want you doing that either can damage the stage the thing is, I don't want to just give you little pep talks we've got to understand there's some serious stuff in the word when he instructs us, he's telling you, don't do that or do this. You want to live for me? Do this. Live like that. And so we always ask that thing, what, what, what are the instructions you're giving me to do? Then there's the when question. Is this all right? Yeah. Then there's the when, when question. Because again, too, like I said, I just don't want to do little talks. If you don't go away and go, I need to get the Bible into me, so I need to get into the Bible. I need to learn what God's Word is saying and how I can pull stuff out of the Bible. Because if I'm not telling you how to do that, I'm not doing my job and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. 
It's not that you just turn up there and watch and, and just watch me twirl and do my thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, even as amazing as it is. But it's that you can build your own life and be able to, uh, for on those days we aren't here or Pastor Neil's not available or think that you can reach in because ultimately our job is to lead you to him and to him who, who, who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And so when, the when question, when do events occur? And Paul would often say things like this, in the last days, in the last days, this will happen, that will happen. So ask the when question, when when is he talking? Is this for now or is this for later? Is this in the past or is this in the future? Ask the when, when question. Paul said in the, in the last days, times will be hard. You will see the world be filled with narcissistic, money-grubbing, pretentious, arrogant, and abusive people. They will rebel against their parents and will be ungrateful, unholy, uncaring, cold-hearted, accursed, accusing without restraint, savage, and haters of anything good. Expect them to be treacherous, reckless, swollen with self-importance and given to loving pleasure more than God. That'll happen in the last days. Oh, interesting days we're living in. And then there's where, the where question. And I think always, some of us don't realize, but if we ask, where is this happening? Where, where is this happening? The Bibles have maps at the back where you can go, where is Colossae? They're talking about Laodicea in Colossians. Where is Laodicea? Oh, it's just down the road. It's just down the road. We can learn from, from just looking where, where it is. Or asking where questions like, where was Paul when he wrote it? Where was Paul when he wrote it? Where, when he wrote this letter to the Colossian people, where was he? Well, he, the Bible tells us he was in prison. He was in prison. He was locked up. He was locked up. It, 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 it speaks of, in 4 verse 10, it says, my fellow prisoner. And he names off this guy whose name's way too complicated for me to say. He says, my fellow prisoner sends you his greetings because they were locked up. What can I learn from that? I can learn no matter what situation you're in. Maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you feel like you're in a prison. Maybe you're in that job and you're thinking, God can't use me. But I want to tell you, and maybe Paul from a prison wrote a whole lot of the New Testament. Maybe you're in situations where you feel locked up and uh, trapped. Don't go saying, God can't use me. Uh, just say, wherever you are, whatever that situation that you're in, know that God is able to use you. God is able to, to take where you are. Don't be always living in a situation where you're looking for, if only that could happen, if only I could be like this, if only I had that job, if only I had this much money. Understand, God can use you exactly where you are. And that can come by just, just asking the where question. And then there's the why question. Why did he write this? We've all really talked about that in the last couple of weeks and Chapter 2, verse 2, he said, my purpose, here's why I wrote it, my purpose is that you may be encouraged, encouraged in heart and united in love. Why did he write it? That we would be encouraged. We would be strengthened, that we'd be able to share in the inheritance of the saints. These are not hard things to do. These are just questions that you can ask. And then there's the how. 
How will it happen? How is, how is stuff illustrated here? I, I love this. When you look at things like how is stuff illustrated in, in chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, it says, clothe yourselves. Everybody say, clothe yourself. So how is it illustrated? He illustrates it by, by us putting on garments, by clothing. You, you know in Ephesians too, if you know the book of Ephesians, it talks about the spiritual armor of God. Put on the armor of God. How is it illustrated? By a picture of armor. Or there would be a story or a parable of a prodigal son. How is it illustrated? How, what, 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 is, what is the picture that he brings up? All of these questions when applied to studying the Bible can help us squeeze more out of it. Everybody say what? what? Five W's and an H. Remember that rule when you dig into the Word this week. And why not even take this week and spend some time? Don't just wait for me. Don't just do a flick. But maybe spend some time and get in the Word and ask it, well, let's find out what is this Word trying to say? When was it written? And then allow God to supernaturally speak to your life. And who knows, maybe He'll say something. Because how many know His Spirit is at work on this book? This book changes life. And it can change your life today if you would let it be applied to your life. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Now, there's a lot more to observation. I'll talk about that in the next time I, I preach. But like I say, for application, maybe this week. Just spend some time, get into the Word and ask those questions. And don't get frustrated if you, if you go, look, I, I don't, yeah. this is training. This is training. You don't have to get it right on the first night. It's like you just need to, you just need to, to practice it and learn it and allow God to pull stuff and put stuff in your heart. Because if we want the Bible to get into us, you need to get into the Bible. Pick the book up, brush off the dust and allow God to speak to you through the pages of this book.